Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute twenty-four, in which Johnny and Lisa throw a pity party. Yes, yes, yes. In the script, after she, Lisa asked, "You tell them how much you saved them." It saves the bank's money, of course. Did you tell them how much you saved them? Of course. What do you think? They already put my ideas into practice. The bank saves money, and they are using me. And I am the fool. On the script, there's a little more to it. He said, "Of course I did. What do you think? I already put my ideas into practice. Already the bank saved ton- saves tons of money. They should be grateful to have someone like me who is so good at doing things I do there. Instead, old man donkey is using is using me, and I'm the fool. We already talked about this about like how he saves the bank money. So, but here's where in my notes it says like, what are Johnny's ideas? <laughs> but I don't think we know. Firstly, <laughs> vague. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, he does bank stuff. But I love that line that doesn't make it into the movie though. Is that they should be grateful to have someone like me who is so good at doing the things I do there. It's <laughs> 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 another bit of restraint that they left that line out. Yeah. I'm such a great employee. I go to bank. I am bank employee. I do the thing bank employees do.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me why. Also,、that. Lisa, he, Lisa trying to cheer him up and saying like, "I still love you." <laughs> I still love you. It's just a really <laughs> bizarre, you know. I, I love、moment. I love Lisa in this minute because she goes from being like actually kind of cute to being kind of a sociopath. Oh yeah. She she just changes on a dime, just completely different mood switch. Yeah, when Tommy doesn't respond positively to her trying to cheer him up, it's she just like, well, fine then, you know, whatever. Like I I put in my notes, like imagine this scene in the spot it's supposed to be in the movie because this is supposed to be before she cheats on him, and then it got changed in the editing. And I'm like, how fucking likable is she here? She's she's actually kind of nice. She's trying to cheer him up, you know. She's turning it on her to like. Almost in a good way is like change the topic, but in the movie, this is after she's already cheated on him, and we know this promotion is a big deal because her mother pointed that out. It just plays so much differently. Yes, she says, "I still love you," and Johnny says, "You're the only one who does," which the movie, of course, insists often is true.、Uh, <laughs> Lisa, <laughs> I love this line. At least you have friends. I didn't get any calls today. You're right. The computer business is too competitive. At least you have friends. I didn't get any calls. <laughs> <laughs> They're competing for sympathy. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's funny because because this is the, this is the moment where I think Juliet Daniel is actually doing her job because in this minute she has to do two very different things. While the switch between them is fairly abrupt, she does both pretty well. And like, at least you have friends. It feels like, yeah, she. Just, I believe her. Lisa has no friends. <laughs> even though we'll meet, even though we'll meet Michelle later, she has no friends. That's why she spends so much time with her mother. Michelle doesn't count. Yeah, Michelle doesn't count because she just shows up and 
She comes and goes when she wants. Lisa's only friends are the flowers. And her mother, who's a bitter old hag in the film. Played by a lovely woman, Carolyn Not <laughs> talked about her before. Um, yeah, I didn't get any calls today, which is weird, because the calls thing, she's already talking about, like, her job. But she says it's in reference to the friends, so it's almost in between. Like, at some point, she moved in with Johnny, business went down, and she doesn't have friends. Because this really fancy apartment needs her to take care of it, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. It's just such a strange metric to measure your popularity by, how many calls you get in a day. Yeah, if I measured by that... Wait, no. I was going to say I don't get any calls, but no, I get a lot of calls. They're just all crap. They're a bunch of like sales things about <laughs> affordable health care and insurance and things I don't need. Not just friends calling you to talk all the time like Lisa seems oh, to God, expect? No. <laughs> see, see, if that happened... I would get new friends. <laughs> I, I don't want to just talk to people at random intervals. It's weird to me. So I'm okay with her job. Like Lisa works in the computer business. She should start podcasting yeah. about spoons. We have some more interior decorating behind Lisa, where it looks like a DVD. Oh, the CD rack. Um, yeah. Shelf. CD rack, right. And they're like leaning up against the wall like diagonally but in different directions well yeah the, each shelf is made probably it looks like it's for like 10 cds but each one has like three or four so the shelf just looks really empty because <laughs> everything's just leaning yeah and then it's like as you go down seeing that it's had people on the crew bring those in to dress up that cd rack yeah i was like who has cds handy yeah get them over here yeah now in neither the script nor the film does johnny say that the computer business is competitive However, in The Disaster Artist, Sestero offers, as an example of how the characters all talk like Thomas, a quote that I guess is from the very first version of the script, is, you have too much competition in the computer field. So at some point, there was a line, but even though they cut that line and didn't film that line, she still has her response to it, as, you are right, the computer business is too competitive. And, and then in the script, she also adds, I called a dozen of my old clients, so, whatever she does, she had clients. They don't need her. Computer business. Yeah. Too competitive. Although, this does get a, a nice acting moment from Tommy, because on the reaction shot, it looks like he actually feels bad for her. And so, like, there's, there's some good bits in this scene. It's a, it's a dumb scene, but it's got some nice moments back and forth between the two of them. Like, I think this may have been Maybe it was just filmed later, and so it works a little better, even though the dialogue is still a little off. Yeah. 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 And then, as I already said, if this scene is where it's supposed to be, earlier than her cheating on it, the whole thing with, like, do you want me to order a pizza? I already Do you want me to order a pizza? Whatever. I don't care. I already ordered a pizza. Pizza is actually kind of cute. Knowing that she just cheated on him today, it's a little weird. Yeah. Makes it less cute. Yeah, it's like she's trying too hard, but then the movie doesn't make us sympathize with tries actively to remind us how bad she is. is anyone else's audio cutting out a little bit yeah i'm not sure what that's about when i'm talking yeah because yeah. i'm hearing both of you can and in my headphone i'm hearing because so i assume the recording's catching it and maybe it's just a problem that happened before i went back to a recording it was better than what we heard clearly i was wrong the recording was not catching it properly. 
And because I could hear myself in my headphones, I couldn't tell it was my audio that was the problem. And unfortunately, on this particular recording session, I was not running a local backup, so I couldn't replace the audio with better audio. Apologies again. I hope it's better next week. I'll hope. I'm hearing enough of you to kind of make out what you're saying and respond to it. Yeah. But, but I'm it missing like drops words. out in the middle. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, I'm having the same thing. Well, I'm hearing both of you, so if, if it is cutting out, I'll do like uh, Alan over on Wilder Ride does. He actually ADR'd an entire episode of his recording. That would be fun. <laughs> Introduce the room. Yeah, it'd be like we recorded everything he said. That's insane. <laughs> and I'll, I'll do it in the wrong tone, so when you respond, it just sounds wrong. <laughs> then we'll do it real fast, yeah. and it'll be a tribute. To the oh, yeah. Room. Cut out all the silence in between. It's just things are overlapping wrong, and it does not come out like a real conversation. We are all aliens. No, I'm not really going to ADR the whole thing. I Unfortunately, I'm behind schedule on this editing this one, so suffer, you know? And hope for the best for next week. Maybe I will ADR that one if it's weird. Who knows? I don't know what I'm going to do. You don't know what I'm going to do. Lisa doesn't know what I'm going to do. But I did already order a pizza. You're welcome. Yeah. This uh, is about get, the humans talk. Yeah, class... Oh, speaking of humans talking, we get classic Johnny punctuation with Ha ha, you think about everything, ha ha. <laughs> you think about everything, ha <laughs> <laughs> that, that laughter is punctuation on both ends of it. Yeah. You think about everything. And then Lisa gets and and then Lisa gets weird. <laughs> She's already weird, but what's the matter? Are you alright? It's just a lousy promotion. What's the matter? You alright? It's just a lousy promotion. We've already been told that this promotion is a big deal. In this scene, we've been told this promotion is a big deal. Yeah. But you know what you need? You need a drink. You know what you need? You need a drink. But he doesn't drink, but yeah, he doesn't care. I don't drink, you know that. I don't drink, you know that. Oh, here is where you see the frame by the door when she goes to get the alcohol. That One of the frames on the shelf has no picture in it, but the ones with weird plants and other things. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. I see it. Some kind of, is that, what, a horse, a horse sculpture in the background? Up on top, yeah. Yeah. It's a horse. That's so cool. Wonder yeah. who had that and brought that to set. It, it may have been bought the same time they bought the frames. <laughs> they, they literally needed decorations on like five minutes notice. Sent, <laughs> sent someone to a store to buy stuff to put on the set. And then Tommy got mad because that person was gone. <laughs> and then they came back, put things out and just went along with filming. So that's why we get spoons. Because that's what was there. So it's, I guess it's smart that they put the blank one off in the corner. We only see it a couple times. Yes. Yeah. They have tall candle holders mm-hmm. with candles. Mm-hmm. Cool wicker boxes by the couch. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but it's decorated, so it's good it's enough. It's interesting that the, the, <laughs> you say there's no rhyme and reason. Also, it doesn't not go together, which is good. Until later. There's a chair that shows up when Peter shows up. One of the chairs by the couch is now a complete color. It's like a dark color that doesn't match and it looks weird but at this point like the couch and the chairs match the table with the little chairs kind of matches that color because basic like off-white slightly it's weird that there's fur on the couch but eh, whatever kind of cover on the couch maybe is that what that is 
It looks like the fur is separate, like it's just kind of a throw, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it looks separate. But the couch is definitely, it looks like it has a cover over it. It isn't the couch itself, which is dangerous next to a fireplace. I was just but Maybe it's not a real fireplace. Lots of wrinkles going on on that couch. Mm-hmm. On the cover. Yep. And then I had in my notes, yeah, it seems the other door is to some sort of kitchen or at least alcohol. Goes back in there to get come back with alcohol. Although we'll talk about the alcohol now. Then I got a few notes from a midnight screening for this one. Notes from a midnight screening. Alice and Yori pointed this out, but someone in the audience at the last one I screamed, who stacks CDs like that? <laughs> the shelf is noticeable. When Lisa says, at least you have friends, I didn't get any calls today, so I screamed, loser. <laughs> someone, someone's like, what do you do? And she's, Peter business better. So they were basically just predicting our whole conversation. Do you want me to order a pizza? Usually a lot of people in the audience, both. Yeah, I think at every screen I've been to said, yeah, like they screamed it. And then when he brings out the alcohol, we scotch, 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 scotch. And the minute ends. But it is Friday. So it's time to talk about. You know, instead of this great movie, bad movie. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. Bad movie. Kevin, I believe you brought one to talk about. What do you got for us? Uh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, yeah, I brought, uh, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, which I just saw for the first time recently and kind of fell in love with. It's an insane sequel to, like, a pretty pedestrian uh, slasher movie. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, it, I I love it. It's, you know, about a, a, a 50s spirit who inhabits a girl in current time, which is the 80s, I believe, <laughs> and starts uh, killing people. And it's it's pretty wild. In wonderful ways, too. Very wonderful ways, yeah. I, I swear I had to have seen this when it was like new on video years when I was young. Cause we watched, every, we watched every horror film. Uh-huh. The thing when she crushes the girl in the locker, yeah. Still surprised me cause I had no memory of that whatsoever. Yeah, that, that is, that whole sequence is just a really something special. <laughs> cause the movie plays like it should be like more of a slasher. She's gonna attack people, but then no, she's got telekinesis. <laughs> so special things happen. Yeah. And, and it's yeah, the great. whole movie is insane. There's all these cutaways yeah. to uh, the kind of like darker spirit world that are strange and gross. And yeah, I I I was shocked that I hadn't seen this movie yet when I finally saw it just a few weeks ago. Overall, I think it's actually not. It's barely even a bad movie. It's an. Eight, I, I kind of agree. I think it has an inherent badness. Yeah. I think what makes it bad is in a way is when it keeps cutting to like the principal. Because it's like trying to get this ominous thing out of the guy who's supposed to be the hero. Yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to kill the villain, and instead the movie treats him like he's the bad thing going on. I don't know what you're doing here. The principal? Yeah. Didn't, wasn't the principal the well, one he that was, killed her? He was indirectly, yeah. I mean, it was an accident, but yes. But it keeps show, it keeps cutting to like him looking at things going on around the school with the girl that's possessed. As as if like it's it I don't know it frames him maybe it's just the that guy is always plays weird people but 
It just seemed like they were trying to go for some ominous thing whenever they showed him. When yeah. He's not mad. He's setting up to do the good thing. I think maybe they're trying to create some kind of element of, like, a... I, I mean, I mean, I guess it's not a whodunit, because you know what's happening the whole time, but... Right, we saw it. Some kind of element of mystery or something around him, I'm not sure. But it's just, it's a... It's one of many strange choices in the movie that I really admire it for. Well, yeah, we saw what happened. We saw the fire start. We saw everything happen. In fact, I don't know if this is still true, but at the time, it was the longest burnt person set on fire scene in cinematic history. Oh, I did not know that. And it's, it's awesome. pretty cool, too, because it's a burning dress, which you don't see often. It burns differently than, like, a fire yeah. suit that's, like, skin-tight stuff. So it actually looks really Well, the movie looks is the person good. I actually didn't hate the plot. No, it's fine. It's 80s. Um, so maybe we should explain. It's a 1957 prom queen gets killed on prom nights by... Okay, so she's having an affair with the guy who 30 yeah. years later is the priest. And then she's killed by the guy who becomes the school yes. principal. So I understand her wanting to seek revenge against them. Even though for some reason she waited 30 years. Well, her spirit had to be released, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they do something to bring her out, don't they, in the box? <laughs> yeah, it's like they open up that box or whatever, yeah. Yeah. I didn't hate it. It just wasn't scary. Yeah, it's not scary. And I think part of the surprise was that it's a sequel to Prom Night. It has literally nothing to do with the original Prom Night except that it takes place on prom night. Although, I need to watch the third one again, because apparently Mary Lou is also in the third one. Right. And the second and the third one are actually connected, yeah. which is pretty cool. I I like the third one. It's a little bit more self-aware and doing a lot of tongue-in-cheek comedy, which kind of works. It's pretty fun. With Yeah, with a like, late 80s horror film, they're going to have a little bit of that anyway, so that they yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's good. The third one, uh, the second and the third, I think, are the highlights of the franchise. I've seen, I watched all four of these recently, actually, because of my D Space Nine podcast, because I know, I read that one of the actors from D Space Nine is the star of the fourth one. And I was. So you watched all four and such? So I watched all four. Better watch all four, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was also curious, because I'd heard uh, somebody talking about, um, it was on the podcast, How Did This Get Made? They talked about Prom Night 2, which is what inspired me to seek it out in the first place. That plus the D Space Nine connection. And yeah, that's why I decided to watch all four of them. And the fourth one really blows. It's it's a it's a really bad movie. Not not at all fun in a fun way. It just <laughs> it's just a bummer to watch. But it had the Deep Space Nine connection at least. Having not seen this one in a long time, I was glad that it was much more fun yeah. than the first one. Because the first one is a like a classic horror film, but it's kind of boring. Yeah, yeah, it's not an amazing slasher. It's it's a competent yeah. slasher, but yeah, it is kind of boring. The second one, I yeah, I love it. I think it's. It's insane. It's a crazy movie, and I I love it for taking all these risks and most of the time working in a way, but it's also not something that you could show to a normal person and expect them to enjoy, <laughs> I don't think. Well, I wasn't bored at any point during yeah, it, sure. which I appreciated. Some bad movies, yeah, that's it. That's it. it oh, yeah. before we get to another bad movie, we were talking about phone numbers a couple minutes ago. Phone number that they say at one point in this movie apparently was the director's actual phone number. Wow. And he just let them say it in the movie. <laughs> Supposedly he never got any calls, though. I'm like, that's that seems a little weird. Yeah, just We need a phone number. I'll just say this one. As he doesn't mind people calling him. Maybe he was lonely and he wanted calls. <laughs> yeah, he didn't yeah. get any calls today. I didn't get any calls today. <laughs> yeah, he needs more friends. So he's like, mm-hmm. that's how you get friends. You put your phone he number in a movie. Like- 
least that's my friends. Someone will go. <laughs> that's how I get all my friends. <laughs> Hello, Mary Lou yeah. also has yeah. nudity, which I thought was interesting. Oh, it is a lot. <laughs> for some reason, the boring movies tend to have. Yeah, that has crazy nudity. That that scene where she's just in the locker room, totally naked, and chasing the other girl around. That's that scene. That sequence is like legendary. It's it's crazy. It's even weirder because I read online that apparently either the writer or producer didn't know that scene was in the movie or that they were going to show it like that until he saw the cut, the final cut, which is kind of odd. Also, from what I can tell online, the actress was only 15 at the time. Wow. And so even filming... Is that legal? Yes, because it's... I don't think so. so. Yes. Technically, yes, though some people <laughs> could complain about it because she's not having sex or that. But also, it was filmed in Canada. I don't know what the standards were. So it's kind of weird that that sequence goes on so long, but that sequence is mm-hmm. interesting because it comes across like she's very comfortable walking around with no clothes on, and so it gets it really creepy that this is a possessed girl. As we've seen, the girl that, that she's possessed is not that. Like she has very conservative parents, and it's like this. Yeah. Her scenes at home are almost like rips off, rip offs from Carrie. With like how horrible her mother is. Oh yeah, and a, a, not quite Carrie level, but like yeah, she's a very very conservative mother. And I, like clearly the girl that possessed her does not give and shit. Yeah, she does not care. <laughs> she doesn't care about this girl's life. Clearly, like she's just ruining it left and right. Not only does she approach the girl naked in the shower, which I thought was kind of weird that the girl appeared okay with that, appeared okay with the kiss on the nose. It wasn't until she started kissing more yeah. that she had a problem with it. But she makes that with the girl's father. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She does not care <laughs> what she's doing to other people's lives, which is fine, I guess, since she's killing some people. But yeah, I mean, Mary Lou clearly is off, you know, off her rocker and hell bent on revenge or whatever. So yeah, I don't think she cares much about anyone at that point. Which is it's an interesting characterization, also, because in the beginning of the movie, she is very like the arrogant like bitch who wants to be crowned queen but then apparently does get crowned queen like she's horrible to people but popular (laughs) i didn't realize how evil she was they definitely set it up Mm -hmm. in the 1957 scene that she's arrogant but up until she really just starts killing these people that she has no personal vendetta she has a couple people she wants when she possesses this girl anyway Hmm. like she's just killing anyone and everyone yeah pretty much it's a good slasher film thing. Just killing, just for the sake of killing, I guess. But but then she kills in ways that don't fit slasher films, because the telekinesis, the lockers. Yeah, the locker thing is the best. It's this, it's this weird mix of, that. like, her mother feels like she's trying to be the mother from Carrie, and sequence in there somewhere else that felt like a completely different movie. And the plot is a, a slasher. But overall, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good movie. It's got, like, 80s cheesiness, but it works pretty well. I'm a fan. It's a solid movie. Yeah. It's available on Amazon Prime. Is it? That's good to know. If anyone wants to watch it. So, yeah, I liked it. And on Shudder. Sure, yeah, Shudder's where I, I found it. I recommend Shudder to anyone who's a horror fan. A lot of good stuff there. Kevin, one more time. The listeners want to hear more from you. Where can they do so? I... Uh, Join us for the last six episodes of Reopening the Wormhole with Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast, where we are watching and talking about every single episode in random order, and our episodes get 
real long. We're looking at like regularly two and a half hours and oh, wow. lots of original music written by me and my two co-hosts. And we're having a lot of fun, putting a lot of effort into our last episode. So come and join the fun. Now, is that six episodes or left at the time we're recording? So it could be, could be less than that yes. when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be done. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like probably done. Okay. Well, there you go. But it's not the wrong when people make it fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!